Hello and welcome to another episode of the Infinity Archives, Series 2, Episode 2. Welcome everybody to another episode as we're back once again with some more news and who and sci-fi stuff. Uh, so should we crack on with the news? What's the news? What's, What's the, the news? news? What's the news? Have you got the news? Have you got the news? Have you got the news? What's the news? Have you got the news? Have you got some news? It's all news to me. Okay. Right. So, um we have quite a bit of news. Uh, some sad news first. One of the writers behind the Rani and a couple of stories in the 1980s, Jane Baker, has passed away. She created the Rani with her husband Pip and wrote Ter The Mark of the Rani, Terror of the Vervoids, the final episode of Trial of a Time Lord, and Time and the Rani. And some stories that are, are quite underrated, really. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say underrated, but they're all right. They're quite enjoyable, you know. I've I've got a soft spot for time and the Rani because it's big and it's colourful and it's glossy and it's silly and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a bit of fun, nice little bit of fun. And the we have some stats and ratings news. First, the listen overnight view. No, Robert Robot Sherwood's first. The Robot of Sherwood uh, final ratings have been published. Uh, after the 5.2 million overnights, which were exactly the same for Into the Dalek, the final consolidated rating was 7.28 million viewers. So that's with all the repeats, well the one repeat and um, the iPlayer things. So that's quite a good final rating really. It's alright, it's on a par with everything else, it's doing alright, I don't know why all these papers and stuff are all fear-mongering, oh no, the ratings are dropping, Whoa. of course they're not. Mm. So they've been published, and the Listen Overnight viewing figures have also been published tonight, and they are 4.8 million viewers, but that's only overnight, so obviously it's going to change, but that's the lowest overnight figures uh, of this series so far. More on this later, but it had a, an audience share of 23.5, and it was beaten by the X Factor, which had 8.5, and the Celebrity Chase special had 4.1 million. It's currently the 19th most watched show of the week. Final figures will be released next Sunday, so that'll be next episode. We'll be giving you those. So, bit of a drop, but nothing too bad, really. Well, still a drop, but, you know, it's always going to lose out to the X Factor. Every episode is going to lose out to the X Factor. I can virtually guarantee you that. Because you've got all those people watching the X Factor. For no reason. Uh, that's pretty much it for news, apart from this character options 12th Doctor, which I, 
you would see a picture on if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, if not, you're going to have to search it out for yourself if you're listening on SoundCloud. So, cue the picture now. What do we think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of those... I'm not rushing to buy one. It's one of those 3.75-inch figures, and it's, it's quite... Um... Vulgar, disappointing, poorly rendered. <laughs> His skin tone looks a bit off. He looks more like an Auton. Well, the costume and the actual figure's alright, but the face is just... I, 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 I can't really tell what that is. Let me just zoom that in. Spike from Angel. And Buffy. After some particularly nasty plastic surgery. Gum! Just gum! Move on! Move on! For the collectors, that one, really. So, yeah, if you see that on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, which you should be, because I like my YouTube page, because uh, there's uh, podcast news now for us as well, I finally worked out a way to publish these... Well, all episodes are going to get published to YouTube and they'll stay there. If you need to download this to listen to it. They know how to find it, otherwise they wouldn't be listening. So what's what's next? Uh, that's pretty much it, apart from the Radio Times poster for Listen that they've published, which is quite, uh, it's quite a good one, that. Let's show the picture now. There'll be a picture on your screens if you're on YouTube. It's quite good. I'm not entirely sure why the hand's that big. Well, it's all a bit of a... Dawn of the Dead sort of rip-off thingy, isn't it? Hmm. But Better it's... off having Peter Capaldi with an ear trumpet. <laughs> but uh, I, have, I haven't really got any more news, have you? No news for me. Only that press, de- press details for The Caretaker Episode 6 has come out, but we're not going to read that here because I it's... I don't even know what the episode's called. Right. Right, so that's it for the news. No more news. We are completely used out. So we're back in now with reviews. There have been two episodes since our last podcast, and those were Robot of Sherwood and Listen. So do you want to start with Robot of Sherwood? Well, this was quite a fun little show. I love the idea and the main plot thrust that Robin Hood turns out to actually have been an actual person. You know, and all the sort of misdirection. Is he a robot? Is this some sort of trick? Is this some sort of game or some sort of plan that's going on? And no, it just turns out he's actually Robin Hood. Um, the only really down points for me is like, I was quite thrown by sort of like the costumes because the costumes are very pantomime but I'm that's all part of the sort of feeling the red herring of the sort of plot device. Um... The spoon fight I thought was a little bit too silly for me. You know, it's meh, you know. And the ending with the arrow I thought was just plain ludicrous. But, you know, everybody knows that because I think just about everybody's commented on it. But apart from that, there were some nice lines. It was quite funny. It zipped along at a good place. Still not quite on board with Peter Capaldi. Still a bit too dark and a bit too sombre and sort of snarky for me. Um, yeah, but all in all, I thought this was a good fun, good fun episode. I I agree with that. I I had a lot more fun watching this when it captivated a lot, uh, captivated me a lot more than Into the Dalek did. And uh, like you said, it's got some good lines in there and good banter. But the Doctor doesn't do banter, and I liked all the little references that were thrown in there as well, but that's just Mark Gattis. Um, like you said, the spoon fight was a bit daft, but that made, I think that was in there for 
the younger viewers would probably laugh at that. Uh, the arrow scene was the one I think that went on a bit too long for me. Uh, I realised that after watching it on the second viewing. It just made no sense, you know, for the, you know, helping the ship to sort of take off and a golden arrow, you know, just wouldn't sort of fly at all. And I know that it's like, oh, well, you know, you pick up on the fact that there's a golden arrow, blah, 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 but you ignore the point of the robots. But there's got to be some sort of internal consistency to the story, and that was just a very silly, lazy ending, I'm afraid. Yes, the endings. I haven't been the biggest fan of the endings of these so far, this series. They've all been a bit pants, really. I think Deep Breath had a decent ending, but that's because you'd have 75 minutes of gumph before it. It's a good word, gumph. But, uh... Peter Capaldi I sort of enjoyed in this one um, I'm sure on him being the Doctor now a uh, bit different to your opinion on him but yeah I think he's the Doctor now and I'm enjoying him uh, Jenna Coleman was really good in this one and the two main guest characters Robin and the Sheriff were portrayed pretty well the Sheriff was a little bit over the top in parts but uh, apart from that a really enjoyable episode for me really see I don't think the Sheriff was over the top and I think that's part of the fun of it you know everyone else sort of was playing it a little bit pantomime but I thought Ben Miller was really good and you know the guy who played um, Robin whose name I can't remember at the minute Tom Riley Tom Riley who's very good in Da Vinci's Demons I thought he played that part really really well and I thought you know it was it was it was good fun I kind of enjoyed it as well it was a fun little enjoyable thing and it, I paid a lot more attention to it uh, and I stopped really, I didn't really drift from it like I did with Into the Dalek and it was, wasn't was as good on the second viewing, I'm, have you seen it twice or just the once? Um, I've started to watch it twice but I'm afraid I had to go off and do something so I've only seen it one and a half times but it's okay, it's, it's, it's fluff. Yeah. So that brings us on to the second episode then well not the fourth episode rather second episode of this podcast that was listen and uh, for me this was a jigsaw of episodes different elements from different episodes really you had the monster that no one saw was from midnight which was done really well there but not so good here um the strange characters in spacesuits it's been done before even by moffat uh, but i did enjoy the whole Clara and Danny's well not the Clara and Danny scene so much but the Clara and the Doctor scenes in this one they were enjoyable and there were fun little bits of dialogue in there f- in this one uh, I thought it was but on the whole I thought it was a bit pants really it wasn't my favourite so far and it's not I wouldn't go and agree with all the people who are giving it loads of high reviews because on the poll on the SFX website everybody's saying it's brilliant the majority of people but I put average really to be fair, most of those polls, you know, most of the people sort of who vote sort of say, yeah, it's great. Like, you know, there, there's always a sort of difference in sort of like the people who love it and the people who hate it, and the ones who hate it are always at the bottom. So. But what did you think of this one? Oh, well, it's an okay story, but like you said, it's just a mishmash of everything we've seen before. You know, we've got scared kids in beds from night terrors. Like you said, we've got the banging of the door by an unseen enemy from midnight. We've got, you know, so many elements. We've got the weird figure in the spacesuit, you know, looking out of place. We've got the wibbly-wobbly, timey stuff. And there are just so many beats and sort of, not all references as such, but so many sort of 
reminders of other episodes and they all you know they all seem to be crammed into one episode i mean you could have one episode where you've got a guy in a space you, you wouldn't think twice you can have one episode with someone knocking on the door and you wouldn't think twice but to have all these elements sort of together in one story and you know i can understand why people do like it because it's like you know i can imagine all the fanboys are saying oh look we see the doctor is a boy but you know what's he doing sleeping in that barn I know, why did it have to be the same barn as the one in Day of the Doctor? Well, and if it is the same barn in Day of the Doctor, you know, we see John Hurd trudging miles and miles to get to this barn as he's sort of... Exactly. Uh, so are we supposed to believe that every night the sort of Doctor sort of trumps out of sort of the city of Gallifrey and sort of across the desert just to go to bed? I think what it was is that... When we saw it with John Hurt in Day of the Doctor, I think that was part of the ruins of Gallifrey with the Tangles, but I just, I don't Well, I can go along with that, but, you know, I'm a, you know, I, I've watched Doctor Who, I've studied the minutiae and all this, I've been obsessed with it, and to be honest, for me personally, I've got no interest in seeing the Doctor as a boy, or learning of his past, because that should all be... Mysterious. The mysterious, that's the whole point, it's Doctor Who. But for me, I think the real problem I've got with this, apart from, you know, the beats of the other episodes, is that I think, you know, it's it's the same problem I'm having with this series as a whole, is that it is, you know, I know I keep going on about Moffat, but in a typical Moffat way, this is so focused on the companion. And I know that on the Ultimate Companion documentary, he says, you know, oh, it's not about the Doctor, it's about the companion. No, it's about the Doctor. It's called Doctor Who, so it should focus on the Doctor. Whereas these past episodes, and especially Listen, I think, is so sort of focused on Clara that the Doctor is almost like a secondary background character. I think if it concentrated more on the Doctor in this episode then the bit at the end with seeing him as a young boy would have had more of an effect on me, but because most of it was to do with Clara and Danny, it was just... Yeah. And for, you know, the Danny and sort of Clara stuff is well done, but I'm, I want to see the Doctor, especially when we've got a Doctor who's in the background and so sort of dark and so snarky. You know, it's not really giving him a chance to sort of develop a character, and I go as far to say that there doesn't seem to be any consistency to the Doctor's character so far. You know, every episode he seems to be sort of like, almost like a different way of playing it for Peter Capaldi, you know. Whereas, you know, Matt Smith, he sort of hit the ground running. And that was his Doctor, you know. David Tennant, once he settled in, you know, he had a sort of rhythm to it. But Peter Capaldi just doesn't seem quite there yet. Or it could be just me. <laughs> But yeah, I'd like to see a lot more focus on the Doctor and sort of, you know, I know they're trying to sort of avoid the classic cliches, but I would like to see a companion who's in the TARDIS all the time, like the old stories. You know, I like to see someone who does want to be there, who does want to enjoy the adventure and the travel and sort of the opportunity and isn't sort of bouncing back and forth to this, you know, ordinary lives and then sort of going off with the doctor going back home going with the doctor you know it's been done you know since the series came back which is like nearly 10 years ago now all these companions have always sort of bounced back between their home lives you know let's have someone who wants to travel and wants to constantly be on the move and you know someone who's afraid of the danger 
and doesn't say, oh, look, it's dangerous, how marvellous. You know, let's see that... It... No, it has a sort of jeopardy to it. It has a sort of real fear and danger to it. And most of all, let's concentrate on the Doctor a bit. Sorry, I'm ranting. Now you made valid points there. Would you, f- would you say that if the episode concentrated more on the Doctor, you'd be a bit more happy with Peter Capaldi's... Well, not happy, but a bit more comfortable with Peter Capaldi's Doctor? Well, yeah, because I don't really feel that we've had a chance to sort of really engage or get to know him. Because, you know, it seems to be that the focus seems to be either on the plot of the week and how Clara's reacting to it. You know, it's like I said, the Doctor almost seems like a secondary companion. You know, it's it's almost like the Clara show with the Doctor as her companion. Which I'm not a fan of. I, I want to see more on Peter Capaldi. I, I love Jenna Coleman and I love Clara and they're both really good together, but if the Doctor was a little bit more sort of central, then I think I'd enjoy it a lot more. And for me personally, I want to, I would like to see a sort of more softening of Peter Capaldi's Doctor. I think he's still too harsh, too acerbic. You know, I, I'm used to the Doctor being sort of a hero. I want to see a bit more eccentricity there. I want to see a bit more humour. And it, I don't know, there just seems to be like a sort of distance between the character which is a real shame because it's called Doctor Who and it you know that is the show it is this wandering time and space who goes around being a hero not this sort of crotchety old guy who appears every so often in sort of in between the sort of soap opera scenes and sort of the light romance comedy sort of stuff I really want to see Danny Pink now become a proper member of the TARDIS instead of just appearing whenever Clara needs to be focused on yeah I, I think Danny Pink is a very good actor uh, character and I think the actor who plays him is really really good but I'd like to sort of I'd like him to have a bit more meat now rather than just sort of vague references to sort of being a soldier and him banging his head on the table for the umpteenth time let's have a bit of real character development mm. I really like the way Samuel Anson managed to play Orson Pink really well yeah but but then again, you know, all he did was really grey his hair. You know, he had the same voice, the same sort of body language. Yeah, but I think the character was sort of interesting in a boring way, if that makes sense. And, and come on, BBC, stick your... You know, Doctor Who's making you piles of money. Stick your hands in your pockets and let's have a fresh spacesuit design, please. Because, come on, I'm sure, you know... <laughs> that spacesuit still has the Sanctuary Base 6 logo on. You know, there must be, you know, even Red Dwarf, even the Tomorrow People, which was made on a, the original Tomorrow People, which was made on a budget of like £3.50 and a box of blinking matches, you know, had different spacesuits in. Come on. I mean, how many times can you reuse the same sets and costumes? You know, let's have a bit of variety. The thing is, though, it's getting used again this series sometimes because really, yeah, because there were pictures from oh, when they were filming, no. when they when they were filming in Lanzarote, which I expected to be in this episode when I saw the spacesuit in the trailer. So now, I was this, like, this is just mad. Come on, let's let's have some new spacesuits for goodness' sake. Yeah, because it's the same orange one that's been used when he went when they went to Lanzarote. How Peter Capaldi managed to wear that spacesuit in Lanzarote, I have no idea. Hey, if if they were paying me what they're probably paying Peter Capaldi, I'd be more than happy to wear that spacesuit and some thermal underwear while in Lanzarote. Thank you very much. Fair enough. So, out of ten, how much would you give Robot Sherwood? Oh, um, e, uh, um, 
just judging by the first watching, I would give it a solid seven. Uh, I'd go for that on the first watching, but seeing it again, I'd probably give it a six. And what about listen? Uh, probably a five, but I've got a feeling in my bones that if I watch it again, it'll probably be a four. I think I'm going to stick with what I said yesterday after watching it, and that was a five as well. Halfway, really. Um, so we're over a quarter of the way into the series now, and it's 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 okay, I suppose. I, I, I'm having real difficulty with it. You know, I hate to sound like I'm on a downer, and I'm sure it sounds like I am on a downer because of this series, but it just hasn't really gripped me yet. Mm. Well, you know, there are great elements to it. You know, the you know Jenna Coleman and Peter Capaldi are really good, but I just wish that they had a bit more sort of structure. You know, it feels very much to me like the writers aren't really writing for Peter Capaldi. They're just sort of a bit all over the shop and they're not singing off the same hymn sheet. You know, I just want to see a bit more consistency in the characterization and the stories. Like, well, after. Um, I want to see a new spacesuit, bloody hell. You can't say that. Yes, I can, bloody hell. No, you can't say that. I've got to bleep that out now. We're meant to be keeping this clean for that people. That is clean, bloody hell. Let's have a sp- let's have, come on, buy a spacesuit. Let's have a Kickstarter complaint campaign. Let's buy the BBC a new spacesuit for Doctor Who. Well, after hearing us sort of moan and groan about it, let's hear what Gabby has to say in Gabby's Review. So, welcome to another episode of Gabby's Reviews, stuck in here. I'm sat here now with Gabby, now eight, and she's going to be reviewing the past two episodes of Doctor Who, which are Robot Assured and Listen. So, do you want to start with Robot Assured? Um... Can I start with Listen, please? Do you want to start with Listen? Okay, you want to be awkward. Okay, that's fine. Go. Listen was a good f- episode, but it didn't have mu- much mon- a lot of monsters in it. So what, you wanted to see more monsters in it? Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Did you like the Doctor in this one? Yeah. Did you find it scary? No. No, I thought it was going to be scary, but it wasn't. It was cuckoo. Cuckoo, right. Uh, so, what about Robot of Sherwood? That was really good. <laughs> but I thought in the uh, in lesson, they were cheating Arrow in the TARDIS because Robin shot an arrow up that must have hit the target or killed him. Maybe it just flew away. So, what did you not like about Robot of Sherwood then? Anything? Um, I didn't like how it was. Did, was there a monster in it? Not really. It was more there were the robots in it, but that was pretty much it, really. I would like to see more more monsters. Do not. Think, do you think so far the series is lacking a lot of monsters? Yeah. Mm. And what about next week's episode? Does that look good? Yeah. Including the picture of Spike. Yeah. Well, not Spike, it's the guy from Torchwood, really. Uh, so how much out of ten would you give Robot Sherwood? Um, I would give it nine. Nine, that's quite high. So, what about listen? Eight. An eight. Wow, that's that's quite high. That's very that's very high for someone who just said that she wanted more monsters. What would, what does, what, summing up, what do you think about these past two episodes, then? They were really good. Um, they were really good. Really good. Okay. 
Well, thanks, Gabs. We'll see you next week for a review of Time Heist and The Caretaker. Goodbye. <laughs> right, yeah, that's what Gabby's going to be there now. Right, okay, so we're back after Gabby's reviews there, so thanks for that, Gabby. Incisive as always. Um, surreal. Gabby's little bit was actually recorded after the rest of this podcast, so we don't actually actually know what she said. Oh, but yes, we do. Yeah, well, going off what she said last week, we can pretty much guess it's going to be a little bit bonkers. But she's—it's a good little way to see how Doctor Who is through the eyes of a child, of an eight-year-old child. So, yes. Um, do we have any recommendations this week? It doesn't have to be Doctor Who; it can be anything. Anything you'd like to tell people to go and read, or watch, or see, or do, or stay away from. Um. Anything? I think we've lost him. Being human. Yes, that was mine. I love being human now. I really do. I think anybody who's got money should go out and buy the complete collection and should watch it because it's awesome. And it's and it's uh, written by Toby Whitehouse, who's done. Is it Whitehouse or Whitehouse? Uh, Withouse, I Whit- think. Withouse, okay, right. I'm not sure. Well, we we'll just we'll I just go for. The gentleman concerned. I'm just going to call him Toby. Um, he's written by he's written by Toby, who's done some Doctor Who stuff and done a good one of a good episode that I've enjoyed, and that's Gog Complex. I enjoy that one a lot, and School Reunion, which is good. Vampires in Venice was not so good, but it's still good, and he did a Town Called Mercy as well, which is enjoyable too, even if Ben Browder Ben Browder was completely wasted in it. I think he'd make a very interesting showrunner. Yes, there are rumours that uh, Steve Moffat is going to leave. Insert hallelujah sound clip here. Steady now, he hasn't gone yet. And as for the rumours that he's going to be replaced by Anthony Horowitz, I can't really see that myself. I'd be very surprised. I had no idea that Anthony Horowitz was going to be a close one. If they were going to have anybody, I think it would either be Toby Whitehouse, Mark Gattis or Nicholas Briggs breaks from because he does such a good job with big finish yeah but that is a totally different thing doing audios to doing a sort of major television yeah but he knows how to write stories though and somebody who i heard on one of the podcasts i'm sorry but i can't remember who made a very good sort of um point i think it was on the tangent tangential deviation from geek planet online and they were asking the question you know is there too much pressure on doctor who now because when Doctor Who started, and certainly when Doctor Who came back, it was basically just a little family drama show. But now, because of the popularity, you know, are the BBC putting too much pressure on it to be this world-leading sort of television, popular sort of entertainment show that it has to have all these sort of world tours to promote it almost? And, you know, is that at the detriment of the people actually making the show you know is that part of the reason why this show does seem a little bit unfocused because as well as having to plan this television show they've got to do all the spin-off stuff they've got to plan all these world tours that you know it's an interesting idea let us know what you think yes because you can always contact us we'd be happy to read out your thoughts you can comment on the videos or the clips or email or tweet us all of our contact details will be in the description in YouTube and SoundCloud and in over the end credits of the Orbital theme tune which I've cut together uh, which is a brilliant theme tune, I love it uh, do we have anything else you want to recommend to people? I can't think of anything at the minute uh, I'm enjoying John Pertwee's stories like I said last time but we've been over that uh, it's pretty much it for this podcast really, we've been a bit 
down on this one, but we've enjoyed Robot we've Sherwood. We've been a bit down on this series, but... Well, yeah, that's that's true. We have. Um, but... I don't know. Like I said, you know, my main problem with this one was it just felt so reminiscent of so many other shows, you know. You have the lone sort of survivor, sort of like Asylum of the Daleks. You have the sort of end of time sort of thing. You have the under the bed, the sort of don't look behind you. You know, I just think it needs a bit of warmth. You know, the one thing I don't understand myself is why they don't use more big Finnish writers. Because, you know, yeah, big Finnish can be a bit hit and miss, but on the whole, you know, the stories are good. They are sort of they do have proper beginning middles and ends they have really good plots and most of all they're written by people who understand the formula of doctor who which i think the show is sort of seems to be slipping from rob uh robert sherman hasn't been brought back since dalek and he does some of the best big finishes that are out there yeah but there are a lot of people you know who aren't the big names like robert sherman paul cornell who are sort of bringing out big finish adventures and they're doing a damn fine job a lot of them and i'd love to see so sort of some of that energy and sort of you know it sounds almost daft but some of that sort of traditional doctor who storytelling brought to the telly because i think that would be amazing you know something like dark eyes i think done on the television i think would blow away anything we've had over the last three four years i love dark eyes i still have yet to buy the second one though which is stupid of me, really. I shouldn't be saying I like it and not buy any of the other ones. Anyway, that's we're that's... drifting back into a rant territory. Yes, so we better sign off now before... And we are going to keep it positive, and hopefully by the time the next two episodes air, we'll have something more positive to say. Yes. Though I've got a feeling I'll still be ranting along the lines of why the heck is Absalom Dark being shown as a sort of cartoon strip in it? I'm very... Well, it was going along a list of criminals. I, I, because I'm an idiot and sad. I went on to the trailer on YouTube. Really? Yeah, and I paused it every time someone came up. I managed to get a picture. I saw a picture of a a sensorite, Absalom Dark, a Slavine, a Teraleptal, Andrevax. But I bet and all, all the others were pictures, and yet Absalom Dark is a cartoon drawing. Exactly. Um, strange. Uh, where did I get? I got Andrevax and the tricks from Sarah Jane Adventures, and Captain John Hart from Torchwood. Um, but yeah, what do you think of them? What, what do you have any opinions or anything to look forward to now on the next episode? From going for just from the next time trailer. Um. Well, I mean, it's very hard to judge. I mean, I don't know any of the um, synopsis. I don't know any. You know, all I've seen is sort of the next time trailer. But would you like to know the synopsis? Not really. Okay, because remember what happened last time after Into the Dalek. But it looks like it's a bit of a, a bit of a romp maybe, and you know. It's written by Stephen Moffat and Stephen Thompson, so two Steves. And then the following episode is written by <coughs> the following episode is written by Stephen Moffat and Gareth Roberts. So that'll be that could be good. I've got a lot of time for Gareth Roberts. I know you know people sort of a bit down on the lodge during closing time, and but you know I love those two this this is a guy who knows his Doctor Who, and he, you know he he knows the score. He knows new Who and old Who. So yeah, I'd be cautiously optimistic about that even though i don't know anything it's about well i've seen the pre-credit sequence for a time heist on the work print but apart from that i haven't seen anything else i only know the synopsis for it which you can go and look up now but uh yes you probably don't want to know the synopsis actually 
Okay, we're beginning to waffle, so we're going to end it there. Yeah, if I cause... have got a rep recommendation that's just popped into my head, check out Gareth Roberts's adaption of Sharda, which is wonderful. And he's doing a City of Death one soon as well, can't so wait. I can't wait for it. It's uh, spring next year that's coming out. Uh, so we'll... it's the autumn. Oh, no. No, it's, it's spring next one year, I'm pretty sure it is. That I would buy in a hardback straight away because, you know, it's going to be great. And just see happening now. So yeah, because we we should go now because we're well over the thirty minute mark. Um, with so goodbye everybody. Goodbye. Keep the faith and listen. Do you want to know a secret? Do you? Not really. Okay. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Infinity Archives featuring Will and Gareth Lloyd. No copyright infringement is intended. We appreciate all comments which you can email, tweet, and Facebook us, and leave a comment on the blog or on the YouTube page. SoundCloud will be featuring this episode, uh, but all episodes will be on the YouTube uh, page, so we hope to that you find us there. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Like the way uh, Samuel Anson portrayed the Orson Welles character as well. His great great whatever grandson. Orson Welles. Yeah. Orson Pink. Yeah. Did I say Orson Welles you then? Said Orson Welles. All right. That's, that's getting that's that's getting put in the outtakes then.